Hello! Welcome to Episode 7 of The Popcast, the pop culture podcast from Vernacular. I'm your host, Maureen Goldman. Each week, we will dive into the latest in pop culture with our three regular segments. First, the snack bag, where we will cover some smaller stories from the past week. Second, the marquee topic, where we will dive in-depth into one pop culture story or event. Third, the teasers, where we give our suggestions for pop culture you might have missed but should definitely check out. I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host and husband, Josh. Josh, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Just back from a flag football game. I am mighty sore. Maureen, you came and watched for a little bit with Caleb. How was that? Um, I really didn't get to. I saw you make one catch, but Caleb was basically running around screaming dada because he was distraught that he could not be with Josh. He just wanted to be on the field, but everyone else looked a little annoyed that there was a toddler running around, so we left. (laughs) I don't want to brag, but I did uh, zing a couple touchdowns. Nice. And I caught a couple as well. I played receiver. Oh, zing means throw? Yeah. Let's not use that again. I don't know how I feel about <laughs> okay. zing as a verb. Maureen, we got a comment on our I'm sorry, I'm not past week. this. Next time I'm going to be like, hey, Josh, can you zing me the keys? <laughs> hey, Josh, zing me a cold one from the fridge. That would that would be dangerous, though. Glass bottle being zung toward you? Honey, come on. What was I thinking of? Wait, is that the... LaCroix. LaCroix. Kristen says LaCroix. Okay. Well, uh, leave a comment in this episode whether you think it's LaCroix or La Croix. I mean, La Croix is more fun to say, that's for sure. Maybe she says La Croix and made fun of me for saying La Croix. Hmm. I don't remember. Well, let us know what you think. <clears throat> All right. So, it, wait, is the past of Zing Zung? Did I <laughs> Zang? Zung? I zanged you something or I zung you something? Z- I zung zinged a cu- you something? Oh, I zinged? Okay. We're making up words. We're I don't making know. up words. All right. Maureen, we got a comment on our episode last week uh, from, from someone named Maggie. Hello, Maggie. I want to read the comment and uh, and address some of the things she pointed out. She writes, love the podcast. I think you should let Oliver in the room, though. He is. I won this week. Oliver is here. He's laying on our bed, just but, looking annoyed that we're talking. But I do want to say the first thing he did was try to attack my headphone cord. So didn't get off to a good start, but now he is snoozing on the bed. So for now, he stays in. Okay, Maggie continues. Things to talk about. One, I liked when you talked about older content. There are so many great old shows available to stream right now. You should talk about what's available and give suggestions. I, for one, missed 24 when it aired, but now I can watch it on Prime. Uh, Side note, uh, we will probably do a deeper dive in a marquee topic in the future about this, because this is a great idea. So thank you for that, Maggie. She continues, two, watch Orphan Black and discuss A, Tatiana Maslany, because she is nothing short of an incredible actress, and you didn't discuss her at all in Emmy Talk. And B, the first 10 minutes of the pilot make it one of the greatest openings to any show. Follow up, Maureen should not watch Orphan Black because I hear she is a weenie. Josh should make Dalton Ross proud. For those of you who don't know, Dalton Ross is a writer for Entertainment Weekly. Okay, so Maggie, I did watch the first episode of Orphan Black this week. Uh, Per your suggestion, it was good. I liked it. Um... I do see how Maureen wouldn't like it, so she did not. She did not. <laughs> Thank you for telling me not to watch it. I appreciate it. <laughs> she did not partake in that journey. Um, I don't know about uh, just to address your your claim that it's one of the best openings of any TV show. I can see that it's it's good. I wouldn't say it's the best. The one that comes to the top of my mind is the opening to Lost, which is an incredible opening. It's just it's an incredible pilot overall, but the opening ten minutes are 
fantastic. So I would say that one beats out Orphan Black for me, but it definitely got me hooked and I'm excited to watch some more episodes. Maureen, should we jump into our snack bag for this week? Yes, I think we should. And let's kick it off with an interspecies topic. Okay, Maureen, why don't you address this? Cats. You guys, we're talking about cats. The Andrew Lloyd Lloyd Webber musical. Were you going to say the Andrew Lloyd meow? (laughs) I was just starting to speak cat right in the middle of it all. Um, So you guys know Josh and I are theater people. So we've both seen cats. No, can I make an admission? I, what? The only thing I know from Cats is the song Memory. How did I marry you not knowing this? And I know that it is humans dressed up as cats on stage. Okay. First of all, yes, it is humans dressed up as cats, but like the way that it's done on Broadway or the national tour, I think I saw the national tour. I also saw a really bad community theater production of this. Here's the thing about Cats. The music is beautiful, but it's really, in my mind, a dance show. When I saw the national tour, imagine like the most intricate costumes and makeup to make people really look like felines. And then they're doing this crazy talented dancers and they're doing incredibly beautiful balletic moves. And like they really do look like they're cats. I think when done with professionals, it's a beautiful show. Like I said, I saw a really horrific community theater performance of it at a high school done by adults. It should not have happened. It, it did happen, but again, leave, let's leave this one to the professionals. The music is beautiful, but it's like so visually stimulating with dance. Okay, we're talking about it this week because Josh sent me a horrifying article uh, that basically says they're making a movie version of Cats, and it's going to star Jennifer Hudson, Taylor Swift, James Corden, Ian McKellen, and other people to be named, but none of those people are dancers. Jennifer Hudson can sing. She can sing. She's playing a character named Grizabella. She gets to sing Memory. Okay, so, so she sings the one song awesome. that I know. Here's my thing. First of all, this is directed by Tom Hooper, who, if you don't remember, directed the live-action movie version of Les Mis. Oh, no. Yeah. And if so you remember... So going to be like live cats? Right. So if you... <laughs> That's making it worse. If you remember from, if you remember from that, that movie and all the promo they did for it, Everybody talked about how they sung live on set. I mean, literally, you could not see a promo for and it the wasn't, movie. The singing wasn't very it good. It wasn't very good. Which is why I think they kept talking about it. So it, it wasn't bad, but it was more like unedited. Yeah, like Tom, you could just hear Tom all Hooper of the... would be interviewed and he'd be like, Yeah, I'm not sure if you know this, but we all sang live on set. All right, Maureen, <laughs> we're getting off topic here. Okay. Let's go okay. back to cats. Um the, the the casting news here that really got me was Taylor Swift. But she can at least sing. Yeah. Can Ian McKellen sing? No, I don't think so. I, I don't know. I just... Also, I, can they... I mean, are they going to dance? Or are there just going to be dancers around them? Or are they going to be CGI cats? No, Are no, they going to no, do no. motion capture? Oh, no, no, no. That would be pretty strange. That's for sure. CGI motion capture cat with Taylor Swift's face on it. Hmm. Are you getting more and more creeped out by this? Yeah, by the and all I can hear in my head is magical Mr. Mistopheles. We went one week without Maureen singing a copyrighted I I, song. I think I sang. And we're back to it. All right. Well, I don't know how this is going to be, but we will find out when it comes out. Maureen, should we move on to our next snack bag topic? Yes. Let's okay. do it. I came across this article on BuzzFeed that is citing a study from the statistical website 538. And they basically went through and 
polled people who've had weddings, polled brides and grooms, and put together a list of the most banned songs at weddings. So I, I'm guessing this is... By the, the way, a lot of the songs on this list we played at our wedding. Definitely. So I don't know what that says about us. So 538... We had an awesome dance party. 538 put together this list. I guess this is these are songs that the bride and groom requested not be played at their wedding. The number one song is the chicken dance. 23.1% of the weddings profiled in this study said, do not play the chicken dance. I mean, yeah, I can I see totally why. agree with That's that. That's a terrible yeah. song. We did uh, not play that one. We did not. Wedding. But Maureen, what, what I wanted to say about this list is, you know, you got the cha-cha slide, 22.5% of weddings say no. Cupid shuffle, 16.5%. Which, by the way, they list the artist for that one as Cupid. I think that's his name. I'm picturing the tiny cherub who's throwing arrows at people. What I want to say about this is, so Cupid I mean, Shuffle. zinging arrows at people. Nice one. <laughs> so what I want to say about this is Cupid Shuffle, 16.5% of weddings apparently banned this song. But Maureen, 100% of weddings I've been to in the past several years played this song. No, I mean, they'll do yeah. variations. No, they'll no, do no. The Wobble. The Wobble is the, in right now. The Wobble's on this list too. 7.1%. Mm. Literally. 100% of the weddings we've been to have played most of these songs. Okay, so here's songs that are on this list that a lot of people ban that we played at our wedding and loved it. Uh, Don't Stop Believin'. Dancing Queen. I'm pretty sure Love Shack. I'm pretty sure as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I just find this list really Staying funny. Staying Alive, that is a classic. That gets like the, a little bit of the older crowd up dancing. I love that song at weddings. We'll put this whole list, we'll put the link to the, the study in the show notes, but I was surprised. I have, I've heard most of these songs at weddings, so I'm surprised that, that so many people... Shout is on here. I think that one was kind of ruined after Wedding Crashers. I think that's why people took that one off. Maybe so. All right, well, if you have a wedding coming up, this could be a good list to check out to see no, what songs... No, just use this list as your soundtrack and your set. That's my vote. <laughs> All right, Maureen, our final snack bag topic for the week yes. this is something you put on the, the i've list been wanting for this to talk week. about this for, yeah for a couple weeks now so i came across an i am not cool when it comes to music i'm not cool when it comes to anything honestly but i was listening to spotify at work and i was in the zone focusing on writing some talking points or something that i was doing heads down work on and i just had like an ambient country station on spotify and this song came on and i was like oh my gosh, what are these lyrics? And I, I ended up like Googling the song and going down this rabbit hole. Um, the song turned out to be Drunk Girl by Chris Jansen. And this was uh, released as a single in early 2018. And the chorus is what struck me. And the chorus, the lyrics are, take a drunk girl home, let her sleep all alone, leave her keys on the counter, your number by the phone, pick up her life she threw on the floor, Leave the hall lights on, walk out, and lock the door. That's how she knows the difference between a boy and a man. Take a drunk girl home. And I, my first gut reaction was like, oh, my gosh. Like, what an amazing song. Like, I can't believe that this is great. This is what every man should, like, you know, be hearing and doing. And, like, how unique. And I... Um, was chatting with my friend Allison about this and I was like, did you hear this song? Like, I love it because she also likes country music and she was like, yeah, I really don't like it and I asked her, I was like, how could that be? I mean, like, it's like saying, you know, this good thing and she had a really interesting take on it which then got me thinking and I wanted to discuss with you, honey, which is like, Allison basically said she didn't like that it basically congratulates someone for doing what is obviously the right thing as in, 
This shouldn't be a surprise when I hear it on the radio. It should be the norm. We shouldn't have to write songs about taking care of someone who has had too much to drink because everyone should be doing that. People should be treating other people with kindness and treating them responsibly and not taking advantage, both men and women. No one should be taking advantage of someone who has had too much to drink, which, I mean, it stopped me in my tracks and really made me think about it. But I'm curious, Josh, what was your take on it when I sent you the song? Before I respond seriously, can I just point out one of the lyrics in the chorus? Yeah. Leave your number by the phone. This, this, what, does she have like a landline? What, what year is this supposed to take place in? <laughs> like, does she have a rotary phone? It could have been can... her cell phone. It could have been her cell phone. Oh, why would she leave it on the counter? I mean, I don't know, honey. Okay. In, a, in all seriousness, my response to this song is, yes, I totally get the point that Allison made. And I can see why someone would say, why is this even necessary to say just doing the bare minimum thing you should do when someone's inebriated or has had too much to drink? That being said, there are so many things we're hearing about in our culture now about people taking advantage of people in general, not even just people who have had too much to drink. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad point to make in a song. I don't know it's if... It's sad that we have to make the point, but it's great that he's making yeah, it. Yeah, but I don't know if we should give him extra praise for saying it. Uh, I think any decent person would agree with right, all the Right, but no sentiments. one else does. I mean, look at Blurred Lines. I mean, that's practically about like, you yeah, know, yeah. you can't tell if someone's saying no. I mean, this is really one of the only songs that speaks so candidly about... Doing I mean, the right thing. Right, taking yeah. care of someone instead of taking advantage. And I think that in our culture... I guess the reason that literally I like stopped doing what I was doing and I had to Google this because I was like, is this really what he's saying? Is this really the song? And I ended up watching the music video. So the music video is really interesting and we can link this. um, We'll link the whole article about about Chris Jansen, who I believe has a daughter. And this was something that he was thinking about as his daughter was growing up and or as he's thinking about his daughter growing up that he's like, you know, he would hope that anyone would treat her this way but anyway the music video kind of parallels this little girl and so they show her as like a young elementary school age person and then in high school and then again in college and they i mean it's nothing explicit but they they talk about some mature themes and they show some kind of not great situations that she was in and um then at the end you have the guy who's doing the right thing and taking her home and putting her to bed and leaving and i don't know i just i do think i find it really moving I wish it was not a problem in our culture. I wish everyone behaved like that or better. But I I do really, I don't know, I like Chris Jansen's lyrics about it, and I, I think the song is really pretty. Okay, so we'll we'll put a link to the let music video. Yeah, let us know what you think about this song. Because I totally agree with Allison, but At the if, same time, if no one else is saying it, then maybe we do need to say it. Yeah, I get that. Maureen, should we shift gears... And talk about our marquee topic for this week, which I am really excited about, and you are not as excited about. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the theme song so bum, I can sing. That's bum, what I thought. Bum, 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 we're talking about Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah, I wish they would do that. So we're talking about, of course, Mission Impossible this week. We're going to talk about the Mission Impossible franchise for our marquee topic. That is because tomorrow or actually the day this podcast is going to drop which is july 27th the sixth mission impossible film mission impossible fallout will hit theaters 
I am really, really excited to see this movie. Maureen is not as excited to see this movie. We don't get to see many movies in the theaters since we have a young child, but I am going to do my best to get Maureen into a movie seat and see this in theaters. The first film came out in 1996. Mission Impossible was That's based crazy. on a based on a TV show, um, and the movie sparked a, a small franchise. So it's a 2.7 billion dollar franchise, and I looked this up too. Uh, in total, all of the films have cost about $850 million to make, so they have made quite a profit. The thing that's really interesting about this franchise is that they've had a different director for every film, except for the most recent two, which were directed by the same person. And this is something that Tom Cruise really wanted to do. He's been a producer on all six films, and he really likes to uh, have a different director in the director's seat. So the first film was directed by Brian De Palma. The second film was directed by John Woo. The third film was directed by J.J. Abrams. The fourth film was directed by Brad Bird, who is in the news recently because he directed The Incredibles and The Incredibles 2. And the fifth and sixth film were directed by Christopher McQuarrie. What's really interesting about this franchise, which is not true about most franchises, is that the Rotten Tomatoes score, kind of the which is basically the aggregation of the reviews for these films, it's actually gone up for every movie since the third one. So the first three average a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, the lowest being Mission Impossible 2, which had a 57% rating. Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation, which were the two most recent, each had a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, and the most recent one, Fallout, has a 97%. That's a really, really good score. For, for a movie, especially... Did it just come out last weekend? This no, weekend? It's tomorrow. How can it have a score if well, it hasn't the, come out yet? All the reviewers have seen the film. Okay, but the regular people haven't, so we need to wait for the regular people to speak on this. Okay, so Maureen wants, wants to hear from the people. She wants to hear the cinema score, which is the grade given by the moviegoers this weekend. So we'll report back next week with the cinema score for Fallout. Maureen... Some of the something I thought you might be really interested in is the marketing for this film. Most of the marketing has revolved around five distinct huge stunts that Tom Cruise has done. And not only have they revealed all of those stunts, they've really gone behind the scenes before the movies even come out to show kind of what they've done in these stunts. Well, the whole movie, these movies are Tom Cruise. Like there is nothing. I have I seen all of them. Who even knows of the ones? I know you've seen the I've at seen least the most, most recent of them. two. And yeah, you probably saw. The I've first probably one. seen them all. Yeah, I could not tell you anything about the plot except my favorite line, well, which, we'll, which get we'll get to. But even then, I couldn't tell you what he was doing when he said that. But like, it's all Tom Cruise, and it's all stunts. So I mean, I'm not surprised that they're using him in the marketing. What is the only reason you want to see this movie? It's just really, it's like so fun. But why? Well, I guess the stunts. Because of him. Yeah, because... If he wasn't in it, and it was like a total no-name person. Like, yeah, Do you I think it would be it. as successful if they went the James Bond route, and they just replaced him, and it was like somebody else? I don't think so. What's, what's interesting is that in the fourth film, Ghost Protocol, they introduced a new character played by Jeremy Renner, and there was all the speculation that, oh, maybe they were priming him mm. to be the next Ethan Hunt. I don't think that anybody could ever do what Tom Cruise does, but it'll be interesting. Um, so... I don't know. I just thought the marketing was really fascinating for this because they really mostly focused on how crazy these stunts were that Tom Cruise did, and he did all of his own stunts. The okay, do you also... I mean, we probably don't have the answer, but, like, Tom Cruise is a major producer. Do you think he made them do that marketing campaign? Probably. I'm sure he has. <laughs> like, show how... Like, this hey, probably isn't an hey, accident. Hey, show, show how cool I am. 
I mean, yeah. and he is in he's working his tail off. Yeah. Like he is taking risks that I probably would never advise anyone to take even as highly trained as he is or they are, you know? Okay, Maureen, you sort of already addressed my first question, which is what are your overall thoughts on the franchise? You kind of said, I don't really remember anything specific other than these kind of big set pieces. For me, I just, I think this is one of my favorite franchises, period. I just What? Yeah, I just think they're so entertaining. This is the kind of movie that I will go out of my way to see in theaters. Because it's just that kind of movie. Like the the scale and the scope of these films deserves more to be seen. More than James Bond. Absolutely. Oh yeah, N- without question. Why? I just find the stories fascinating. I mean, you because I think because you're following a character more than like the Bourne series, Jason Bourne. Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, maybe it is Tom it's Cruise. Tom Cruise. That, so, but I don't feel that way about every Tom Cruise movie. You know, he did that. He did a remake of The Mummy. This past okay, year or okay, last I'm year? I'm sorry. Remake of The Mummy. No matter who's in it, it's right, going to be like blurg. But I didn't, but I had no desire to go see that. Right. And it was Tom Cruise. We just saw his other one though, American Made. American Made. Yeah, he was good in that, but I didn't want to see that because of Tom Cruise. So it's something about the combination of the, the him plus this story. Yeah, I guess so. Or maybe not even the story because it's think, not like you're referencing plot points. It's more the the way in which the films are shot and the yeah. stunts and the quality. Yeah, so it I would say like you're interested. Yeah, in. I would say this is one of my favorite franchises, just from a pure fun perspective. Maureen, do you have a favorite film from the franchise? Can you remember in any? No, enough I, to... I can't. I okay. cannot. I think my favorite one is probably Rogue Nation, which what's is the, the one most where he says one? my favorite line? Oh, Ghost Protocol. That's my favorite. Then okay. Um, so my favorite is my favorite is probably Rogue Nation, which is the most recent one before Fallout, or the first one. I just think the first one kind of set the stage. If you go back and watch it, it's not as entertaining. There aren't as many big set pieces. Is that one available for streaming? We should check. Yeah, we'll check, and and if it is, we'll we'll sh- we'll throw it in the show notes. We I know that, watch that if it's I know free. that they're all playing on TV, kind of nonstop as this new one is about to come out. Maureen, do you have a favorite big stunt from the franchise can you think of any of the the big set pieces that that you would want to point out so let me give let me give you a couple no i know i don't know i don't remember any but i know that he did one where he was like on the side of the tallest building ever yeah 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 and i remember the marketing around that yeah and i remember thinking that was in ghost protocol yeah so i think that's probably my favorite that my favorite kind of set piece the burj khalifa in dubai this is the tallest building in the world, and Tom Cruise was running, literally running up and down the side of it. It was incredible. And I think that that kind of a stunt, you know, deserves to be seen on something bigger than your phone or your TV. I mean, it's just, it's like larger than life. Yeah. Do you, do you buy into that? Totally. Okay. I think it's very entertaining. Okay. I think they've clearly found a formula that's winning here. This is number six, and they're still, and they're, still they're getting better with age. They're getting better with age. Maureen, okay, this is the one I really want to ask you. Do you have a least favorite moment from this franchise? Least favorite slash favorite. Slash favorite, okay. Love to hate it moment. Maureen, set this up for us. This is the end of Ghost Protocol. He like falls. Okay, he's in some kind of like reactor or no, no, something. No, 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 uh, let, me, let, me, let me set up, let me set up the scene. <laughs> Maureen. Let me, let me, it's funnier if I tell what my memory was and then you can tell everyone what okay. the correct memory was. He's in a reactor. Okay, so in my, he's like in some kind of like reactor or something and he like falls down to the bottom and then he has to get back to the top but then he falls again and it's like this really like metallic thing and he's like injured and he's blown up maybe and like something happens and all I know is he has to push a button a big red button 
And he goes and he's like dragging his like burned, damaged body. And he pushes the button and he goes, mission accomplished. (laughs) And I literally said out loud to Josh in the movie theater, you've got to be kidding me. Is this really happening right now? And it was. And I loved to hate it. It was so perfectly awful. That was not really close in terms of what led up to that. You did get the line correct, though. He's in a parking garage. And he has to get to <laughs> the this reactor, the parking, reactor garage. parking garage, same thing. He has to get to this case that is and and push a button. That's correct to stop a nuclear warhead from hitting San Francisco, uh, and he does. And he says, "Mission accomplished." And it's absolutely ridiculous. I have to say that is the silliest line does in the entire. Does he say that in all of them, or just no, that no, one? no, just that one? So good. Yeah. So my least favorite moment from the franchise is in Mission Impossible Two, and th- this is a this is a something that happens throughout the entire franchise, but. They have this thing where characters wear masks throughout to, to to pretend they're other people. But there are the, the masks are just unrealistically good. Like there's no way you could make a mask that good. I have seen people wear masks and it looks like they're well, wearing are a mask. Are they just using another actor? Well, yes, in the movie, but then they they always have a big reveal where they pull off the mask and it's someone else. But there is no way that Tom Cruise can look like (laughs) Philip Seymour Hoffman and get away with it. There's just no way. Well, honey, it's the future. I don't think it's the future. It's not because they give away his birthday in the first movie. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's the future. Anyway, that is just the most ridiculous thing. I mean, I go with it because the whole franchise is somewhat ridiculous when you think about it. But the fact that they use these masks to sort of hide as other people just gets silly at times. And and in the second one in particular, they go overboard. Maureen, can we talk for a second about Tom Cruise's legacy? Yeah, but before we do that, I have to move my tiny chair. So we usually film this podcast. Record. Oh my gosh, I'm so uncomfortable. Record this podcast. What did I say? Film. <laughs> Thank goodness we're not filming it because I'm in my pajamas. So we normally record this podcast sitting on the floor in our room. And Josh has started to use last week and this week Caleb's tiny table from my mom, which is this white, adorable little kid's table, which is we're, anyway, we're sitting at this kid's table and our podcast equipment is on it and we're sitting in these chairs. And Josh said, oh yeah, sit in the chair. It's so much more comfortable. And it's not. My legs are asleep. So sorry. I needed to readjust. Okay. So let's uh, get back on track. Maureen, Tom Cruise's legacy. Tom Cruise's legacy. My thought is that... My thought is that... <laughs> my thought is that... <laughs> Guys, Josh's face is just so annoyed in me right now. All right. His legacy. I'm focused. Let's do this. My thought is that this franchise will sort of define his entire career i mean this is the this is the 22nd year he's been playing ethan hunt i mean he hasn't done it every year but he's been this character for so long i just think that when you think about tom cruise in the future i just feel like you're gonna think yeah mission impossible what else i disagree i totally okay what would you what would you think risky business um jerry Maguire. okay i mean i think those are like classic i think he would certainly think of those but but for Risky me, Risky Business is like him. His face, Top Gun. Oh my gosh, Top Gun. Yes, I see. I I get what you're saying. I but would also think this, but I I don't know. I don't. I just don't think. It, I didn't even know the name Ethan Hunt. Like I think that there are other more memorable characters. This franchise, I get that you're saying, is like maybe one of his like most successful things. What's his character's name from Risky Business? I don't know. What's but his I, character's name from Jerry Maguire? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna say if you didn't get Show that. Show me the money. 
He help me say, help you. He doesn't even say you that. You had me at hello. Yes, there are great lines, but I'm talking about his legacy as an actor. I think it will be defined by his role as Ethan Hunt in the Mission Impossible His name is films. Maverick in Top Gun. Okay, that's great. We talked about that two weeks ago, so if you didn't remember that, it'd be sad. You know what? Agree to disagree. I'm allowed to have a different opinion right, than you. that's fair. I think you're gearing more towards the action movies, and I'm obviously gearing more towards the like. I certainly remember Risky Business and Jerry Maguire, but I just think when you look back at his entire career when it's over, you're going to say Mission Impossible first. That's just my, that's my opinion. I, I'm glad you Can have a different Can we get a one. poll? If anyone has opinions on this, yes. please let us know. I also want to give a small, tiny meow shout out to our little cat, Oliver, who has snuggled up under a blanket and is just snoozing on her bed like a little angel, not right. making Maureen, any noise. Maureen was right. We'll see if this continues next week. Maureen, I think that'll do it for our marquee topic. Check out Mission Impossible Fallout this weekend out in theaters everywhere. I hope we get a chance to do that as well very soon. All right. Do you want to jump to... Yeah, I want to jump to teasers. Teasers. Uh, Maureen, I want you to kick it off this week. Okay. So my teaser is a question. Do audiobooks count? They sure do, Maureen. Oh, my computer just died. Well, that's okay. I know what I'm going to say, but I may not remember the name of the author exactly. Um, I have my notes in front of me. So... My question is, do audiobooks count? And I really want to get people into them because I think it can apply to pop culture in a couple different ways. But basically, I have been listening to an audiobook on my way home from work every day. And I've been listening to All Joy and No Fun by Jennifer Senior. I think that's the name of the author, but we'll link the book in the show notes. Um, It's really interesting. It's all about parenting, which is not super pop culture related. But if you're a parent, I say check it out because there's a lot of really interesting studies. But what I was thinking is how great it is to be able to listen to normally content that is read. And this applies to pop culture because there's a lot of movies that are originally books. And I'm always thinking to myself, oh, I wish I had read the book first. Like, for example, Ready Player One is the movie that's out there now. Um, Obviously, Harry Potter. There's so many things that are books first. The Notebook, classic, amazing. Um... So my recommendation for you is to check out an audiobook. And I but know Maureen, audiobooks are expensive. No, they're not. I was gonna say I know people usually do Audible, which is a great and not super expensive resource. Yeah, Audible sponsor us. Yeah, sponsor us. Sponsor us, Audible. Um, but I have been doing an app through the public library in our neighborhood, and they have an app on Overdrive. So they, the public library has it. I sign in with my library card, and I can check out audiobooks. And it's just like Audible. I stream it through my phone, and it goes through my car. And it's been really great. So get an audiobook and make it pop culture related or not, but enjoy it and let me know if you do. I just have to add on to that. The Harry Potter audiobook is amazing. The guy who reads the books is incredible. So check those out if you're looking for a good one to get into audiobooks. Maureen, my teaser for this week is actually a movie that came out back in 2016 that we watched later that year. It's called Sing Street. Um, I think it was pretty highly underrated when it came out, but it's a really good movie. So the reason I bring this up is I was listening to Spotify recently and one of the songs from the film came up. And I just remembered that how good the movie was. So the the movie is about a boy who goes to a new school and he meets a girl. And oh yeah, and I was like, wants, I don't think I saw this movie. Oh, you saw it. And he 
is taken by the girl and he goes up to her and he asks what she does. And she says, Oh, I'm a model. And he says, Oh, do you want to be in my music video? I'm in a band. He's not in a band. So what he does is starts a band to impress this girl. And it's Irish, right? Yeah. It's set in the 1980s. It's just really, really like a wonderful story. It's the writing is good. The directing is good. The acting is good. And there's a lot of original music in there. That's really, really catchy. And How can fun. people watch it? Well, I don't, it used to be streaming on Netflix. Uh, I don't believe it's streaming any longer. But if you rent movies, wherever you rent movies, iTunes, Amazon, YouTube, totally I worth think. It. Totally yeah. worth it. Uh, and I will link the trailer in the show notes because, as everybody knows from last week's discussion, I love trailers. And this gives a really good impression of what the movie's like. So check it out. It's called Sing Street, directed by John Carney, who also directed Once, which is another one of my favorite movies. That's our show for this week. Thanks for listening. You can leave us feedback, comments, or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash poppedcast. We would love to hear from you and would especially love to hear what you want to hear about on the podcast. You can also reach us by emailing thepoppedcast at vernacularpodcast.com. Please also subscribe so you don't miss any episode. We put out a new one every Friday. And if it's not too much trouble, please drop us a rating and a review. It helps other people find our show. We'll be back next week, as always, now sitting at a tiny table on our bedroom floor with a brand new episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.